Good evening, y'all. Welcome to Cross Politics. Pastor Toby Chuck Knox, um, the water boy. We're still fighting for religious liberties. It's, yeah. it's unbelievable. I don't think and, you ever stop. And now we're also still fighting for uh, uh, to have pro-life states right. with everything that's going on just with the not, Supreme Court. Just to not kill the babies. We have Mar- Mariah. Yeah. You like that? Mariah, <laughs> Mariah Gondaro yeah. and Blaine Cazanati. Sometimes the news collides with our interviews, it's, and this is a perfect show for this. It's Kanzati. Blaine who? Kanzati. Yeah. Okay. Cazanati. I was mm-hmm. like, what? I did, I did say yeah, Japanese? Yeah, after all that. <laughs> He's, He's a good friend. I said Cazanati. Right? Hey, right. y'all subscribe to the Fight Laugh East magazine yet? The Fight Laugh East magazine is a quarterly issue that packs a punch like a 21-year Balvini, mm, no so ice. Good. I love the fact that we say this every time, and I wonder like how many of our people in our audience actually know what a 21-year Balvini is. We're going to say it until all of them know. I don't know. Oh. A bunch of people at our every con- last one. A bunch knows. of people at the conference room were laughing with me. They were saying, hey, you want some Balvini with no ice? Yeah, and like, right, and it's becoming a thing, apparently. So We don't water down our scotch. Right. Why would we water down our theology? Order a yearly subscription for yourself and then send a couple yearly subscriptions to your friends who've been drinking lukewarm evangelical Kool-Aid. Ooh. Every quarter, we promise quality food for the soul, wine for the heart, and some Red Bull for turning over tables. Thank you, Jesus. Our magazine will include cultural commentary, a psalm of the quarter, recipes for feasting, laughter sprinkled throughout the glossy pages, and more. Sign up today, fightlaughfeast.com. The Grace of Theonomy just dropped, and I think it's like how to be an unwoke church or something like that. That's coming up next. Coming up next. uh Yeah, very good. It's so good. Hey, with us right now, Mariah Gondaro. I can already see it on her face. She's like, what am I getting into? They're talking about scotch. She went to Pepperdine University School of Law, (laughs) and while she was there, she completed on the, she competed on track and field and cross country teams, which is why she outran the, uh, City attorney. Yeah, there you go. See what I did there? there? <laughs> uh, she previously worked at nonprofit focus on holding big government unions accountable and helping free public employees from forced union speech. In her young career, she's been involved in several high-profile constitutional cases, always been had a long-standing strong interest in curbing government overreach that treads on the rights of individuals, including interning for U.S. Representative Steve Daines during her undergraduate study. Mm-hmm. She's now primarily focused on defending religious freedom. Mariah, thank you for joining us on Cross Politics. Thank you, and thank you for that introduction. You're so welcome. Uh, thanks for coming on. And and so uh, we grabbed you because uh, we saw the, the 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 headlines, or I don't know, it was headlines. There was one headline, one headline, <laughs> and a tweet. No one's wanting to report on this. <laughs> Fox finally did today. Okay, yeah. that um, that a, a, a the church in. I already forgot. It's the Calvary Chapel Church. Cal- Mike McClure. Yeah, they're um, they've just been exonerated with the lawsuit with the city. But I know there's a couple of different cases going on. So can you break down the cases that are involving this church a little bit for our audience, and then where does this win uh, fit into the scheme of things? Yes. So there's a lot happening with this <laughs> with this church. So what the decision that came down involved um, contempt fines and sanctions, which were individual fines and sanctions against Pastor Mike McClure, and then also Assistant Pastor Pastor Carson Atherley. Mm -hmm. And so those are separate than the county fines that the county seeks to um, enforce in the state enforcement action. So the civil contempt proceeding was separate. It was just involving um, the pastor's violations of court orders. And then, so we, so that there's the court, the contempt proceeding, and then there's a state civil action where the, um, the, the county seeks to collect the, the, the fines against the church and the fines against the church are nearly $3 million. Yes. Oh. Wow. 
Yes. And then we have our federal lawsuit where we file a lawsuit against a county seeking to um, prevent the, the fines from or, or prevent enforcement and then also um, hold the, the orders unconstitutional. And this victory regarding the contempt proceeding was significant because the court held that the um, the public health orders were unconstitutional. And those mm. are the same public health orders that the county is relying on um, in regards to their fines right. against the church. Right. Okay, so the with three different cases – the the one mm-hmm. that where the victory we just saw yesterday or two days ago was with the individuals Pastor Mike McClure and Pastor Carson Atherley. Those were the contempt um, victory. And those about two hundred thousand dollar fines. The other fine, the other case is with the county, and it's about three million dollars in fines. And that's with the actual church, not in, that's not an individual um, case. Uh, and then you guys have a federal lawsuit against them. Just summarizing, is that correct? Yes. Okay. And and but but the significance of this ruling is that the, this this judge said that those um, COVID health regulations were unconstitutional. Yes. Yes. Because in in order to be held in contempt, you have to actually violate like a valid court order. And so the right. court said, well, the court the order from the judge was was void because it was based off of unconstitutional public health orders. Like you can't violate something that's unconstitutional. Right. That's what the judge was saying. Is this, is this a judge in California that, or that ruled that way? It was a, (laughs) it was appeals judge. Yes. It was the sixth appellate district in California. Hmm. So we couldn't, yeah, because it, 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 the, the contempt proceeding was in superior court. So the next highest level and the state system is the the state appeals court. So, so we couldn't switch over to the federal court, but yeah. that's also significant too. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, that's get it in California. So, Mara, I just have to ask. This seems like everybody's going insane right now. I was. I'm interested. Though, how did it happen in the in the courtroom? What did you argue when you went in there? So at the at the uh, during the contempt proceedings, we were just in a much different time then. We didn't have it was kind of right in the middle of COVID-19 and you had a lot of judges just acting very cautious and they were just taking the government out their word and saying, Oh, okay. Yeah. They're justified in what they're doing. Like it's totally understandable why they're treating religious services differently because they're super spreader events. Like we all, the, the judges, I think kind of bought onto the, the super spreader myth that churches are just more dangerous than all the other gatherings that were happening. But then through discovery, we've realized that, you know, that wasn't the case. Um, the Supreme Court didn't buy into that. The Supreme Court's like, no, you don't have justification for, you know, shutting down churches, but letting other entities stay open, like liquor stores. Um, and also, we saw during COVID, during the pandemic, that states were allowing protesters. And I and I believe that you have the right to go protest. But the thing is, is they were picking and choosing which rights they wanted to right. acknowledge. Right. So I, I'm confused because I would have thought um, it, it seems like COVID in one way or another broke us so that we don't. Why are judges concerned about health issues when they have? Well, just look they at the laws. Law. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got the law in front of you. I don't know. The health stuff. Like I'm supposed to talk about. Do you have the rights to do this, that and the other thing? Or don't you have the rights to do this and the other thing? Do you think COVID broke us so that we couldn't practice basic law? I do. Absolutely. I, I think it was a very weird time for, for constitutional attorneys. And I think one of my favorite quotes in the, in the first Supreme Court case where the Supreme Court's like, enough is enough. 
the, I, um, I think it was Gorsuch, but he, the, the Supreme Court was like that the constitution is not on a vacation right now. Like it's, right. it's not on, on a sabbatical. The, the, the Joe Biden is Joe Biden is, I don't know. I don't know why I'm throwing that in there, but <laughs> get back to it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. The, the Supreme court still exists during a pandemic. And yeah. I, and I hope that we never just so easily give up our rights and just blindly follow government officials and, and allowing them to tell us, Oh Yes. You can give up your rights right now. So, Mariah, you know, as you're underlining this, and I'm I'm recalling like how we hit this so much during like 2020 and 2021. But you had, you know, in in Washington State, right next to us, you had you know, pot shops were open, yeah, yeah. abortion clinics were open, uh, um, casinos were open, strip strip bars or whatever, yeah, strip clubs, whatever. Yeah. Like, so these things are open, but churches are closed, um, and um, like how. How, why, how did that happen? And do you think, I mean, is this a matter? I mean, is, is are people targeting churches or churches being targeted or Christians or religious people being targeted? Um, or is this just massive, just blindness? I mean, how does this happen? I think it's, this is what happens when we, you have this one man rule. What we saw during COVID-19 is basically the destruction of our checks and balances, where you had these unelected people making rules for everyone without the consent of the people. And they were just, and, and when that happens, people act arbitrarily. And that's what we saw. We saw these health officials saying, okay, well, actually these people really need to stay open. You know, they're sending us all these, like, like, please, like we, we need to stay open. We'll, we'll give them a pass. Um, and that's when you don't have proper checks and balances, it, it leads to tyranny and tyranny is, you know, the government picking and choosing hmm. who is essential. Right. That is what we saw. And it, it, it is crazy to me that we, we allowed that and we so blindly followed it mm-hmm. and, and that we would, we would allow churches to not be considered essential when they're when when churches actually are protected by the first amendment right yeah right that, that's, like, that's what's crazy it's about like us yeah. if only the founding fathers had like written down the most important stuff yeah like <laughs> on paper <laughs> well, now, now how come how come you didn't have the confidence of going into the court and just saying hey first amendment rights you guys can't you i mean you're fining us you're doing all this you tell us to shut down uh, I'm just going to appeal the First Amendment rights. It doesn't even really sound like you were that confident or that you confidently did that when you started arguing this case in the pandemic. I think our position has always has always been the same. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's just we we were thankful to have the Supreme Court we did um, that intervened mm. because um, before Amy Coney Barrett t- took the bench, um, the, the Supreme Court had actually um, upheld public health orders um, and then Amy Amy Coney Barrett came on, and that's when the the, the Supreme Court overturned the New York restrictions mm-hmm. um, and Brooklyn Diocese. And then we saw uh, all the all the the following the subsequent Supreme Court cases. But our, our position has always been that these these public health orders are unconstitutional. The Supreme the 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 government does not get to decide you know who's essential, but more importantly, the government um, is not. Um, does not get to discriminate against religion because it's clear in the text of the first amendment. So do we get to punish the government? I mean, how, if the government try to, (laughs) do we get flogged to sue them or, or, (laughs) yeah, I mean, why not? You know, Gabe, the government is us. Yeah. 
Ouch. We're punishing ourselves. I mean, I, that, we, to some extent, that's true. We do need a spanking. But, uh, but I'm saying, like, <laughs> like these health leaders, and I mean, I can't believe you guys could not get Gavin Newsom out on that on that uh, recall. recall. That was unbelievable. It was disgusting. That's, but, that's not unbelievable at all. Man, I guess I mean. So, right. <laughs> you, all my all my questions are dumb from here on okay, out. I got I, I, here. This is the last question, Mariah. I want to ask you. You know, it seems like you've won this contempt case, but yeah, is you still have a big case to win here? Around three million dollars at stake. Um, what is if you guys lose this? There's a lot at stake here. What happen, What is it? What is the end result of losing this case? What does it look like? This is it looks like this is a radical change for America. If you guys lose this case. It is. And you know what? I, my brain has not even gone to that point. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't even thought about it because I, I just feel very good about where we're at, but I, I think it would just, I don't know. It would be, it would be very sad, but I, 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 I don't believe we're going to win and I haven't even allowed my, my brain to, to go in that direction. You don't believe you're going to lose? Yeah. Or, or did I just say I don't believe we're going to win? <laughs> yeah, like yeah. You need to read that well, Bible verse on the back of your TV a little more. <laughs> I'm, I mean, I, I mean, I believe we are going to win. I yeah. don't believe we're going to lose. Yeah. Um, but I think it would be a very sad just because of the the enormous fines that the, this county has levied against this church um, with with no basis and and how punitive it it was. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it would it would be I think we're I think we're we should not only win on the First Amendment, but we also raise Eighth Amendment claims yeah. um, that these fines are cruel and unusual, they're excessive, mm-hmm. they're not proportionate to the harm. You know, we've 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 been through a year and a half of discovery and the county, even though Santa Clara County supposedly had the best contract tracing system, could not definitively trace one COVID-19 case to the church's gatherings. Wow. <laughs> that to me, that to me wow. is like yep. a clear eighth yeah. amendment. Where's the violation. harm? Yeah, yeah. Where's the yeah. harm? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, For real. Where is the harm? You yeah. know what? Yeah. Mariah, well, Biden's got it twice now, so you can at least trace it to him. Uh, so <laughs> the first lady has it too. Yeah. I hope you guys not only win, but I hope you guys take them to the cleaners. I yeah. hope out of yeah. this, you get yeah. a beachfront property wherever you want in the world. Thank you very much, Mariah, for the Mariah. work yeah. you're doing. Thank you for professing that yeah. in my life. Blaine Kanzati's up next. Idaho and laws here locally. We need to pay attention to this. More Cross Politic coming up next. Hi, I'm Robert Borton, CEO of Classical Conversations, the world's largest classical Christian homeschooling community. I'm launching a new podcast, Refining Rhetoric. If you like Cross Politics or just listen to hear what crazy stuff they're saying today, you will enjoy refining rhetoric. You can find us on your favorite podcast platform. I practice the 15 tools of learning by interviewing great guests, looking at current events, and talking about cryptocurrency. This is where Dave and I plan this year's company holidays. Let's go through the list. Easter, too religious. St. Patrick's Day? Too white. Mother's Day? Way too cisgendered. All of your usual holidays have been canceled this year. But we still have Karl Marx's birthday! (laughs) Need a real reason to party? Find a new job at redballoon.work. I like Mariah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. That was good. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Hope she wins. 
The whole thing. The whole thing. And, I mean, and spank some folks. Spank yeah. some folks. Yeah. Get some money. Yes. Gabe and Knox want spankings I'll, in I'll, California. I want people no, no, punished. No, 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 no. So spanking's illegal in California. I want flog. <laughs> oh, I want flogging. flogging. Oh. 39 flog. plus minus one. No, 40, <laughs> 40 minus one. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Welcome back to Cross Politic on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. Home. It's where you build your legacy, where traditions are started, seeds are planted, meals are shared, and stories are told. Home. And where you deliver your babies. It's where... If you want, yeah, is where you prepare to go out into the world. <laughs> Finding the home that's perfect for your family okay. is a big job. Yes. Story Real Estate is Moscow's top real estate team. They give people real estate advice actually all over the country. Family homes, investments, land, new construction, or commercial, they know real estate. If you thought about a move to Moscow or anywhere in the country for that matter, reach out and get connected with a Story Real Estate agent. Wherever you're going, they can help guide you home. See what they did there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was good. yeah. Visit storyrealestate.com. Hey, with us now, we are grateful to have Mr. Blaine Kanzati, serves as the president of Idaho Family Policy Center. He's established a proven track record of achievements in the family policy movement, including successfully leading the charge to get the heartbeat bill in Idaho, no public funds for abortion act and Simon's law enacted. He also directed the effort to mobilize the conservative grassroots in support of first in the nation fairness and women's sports, act. which means men can't play in women's protecting sports, protecting girls, <laughs> high school and college sports. The bar's low. And for those of you that are interested yeah. in Idaho family policy center, um, I'm actually on the board. Okay. Yeah, uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm very biased. Yeah. Um, but um, also, um, if you really want to find out more about um, what uh, Blaine's up to, you should definitely get October 26th on your calendar, yep. um, especially if you're on the north part of Idaho or anywhere close mm-hmm. to it, because they're, they're having their fall banquet uh, with uh, Seth Dillon, yeah. the CEO of the Babylon yeah. Bee. So at 7 p.m. at the Coeur d'Alene Resort, Idaho Family Policy, fam, uh, fall banquet. October 26th at 7 p.m. You Blaine. Know, Seth was just on Joe Rogan uh, oh, this week. Nice. Yeah, nice. Yeah, nice. Uh, Blaine, thanks for joining us on Cross Politic again. Thanks, guys. I'm pumped to be here. Yeah, we're we're pumped to have you. In fact, um, you sent us um, texts, sent me texts um, on uh, Friday uh, with some pretty amazing news. In fact, I'm going to pull it up right now. Here, here, here we go. Oh, I'm, I'm going to, I'm just, it's just like, it's going to be like. Did you get his permission to read li- this on air? Like I got it. I can read it. Can I read it on air? <laughs> it's, it's his text. We, it's not we, confidential. We read, um, we, we read this actually out loud at the Grace Agenda. Um, Conference. Yeah. Yeah. On uh, <laughs> the Grace Agenda. So. Uh, Friday. Uh, yeah. So the first thing we did, we welcomed everybody to the Grace Agenda and we read this. Just want to let you know, the Idaho Supreme Court has vacated the stay blocking implementation of the civil enforcement mechanism of the heartbeat law. Abortion after six weeks ends right this second mm. in Idaho. Wow. wow. Praise God. And, and you should have been there, Blaine, but uh, the, the crowd erupted. Uh, the whole, you know, whatever, 12, 1,300 yep. people. Wow. Um, and then Pastor Doug came up and led uh, the whole um, conference in a prayer of thanksgiving, praising God for um, for this great um, wow. answer to prayer. And, uh, and then we sang probably the most rousing version of Crown Him. Yeah, um, really. Like, it was pretty rousing. Blew, yeah. blew the roof off that Nazi dome. Um, and uh, so anyways, uh, um Fill us in. Um, back back up a little bit. Remind us where we are in terms of Idaho law protecting the unborn and what just happened over the weekend and why is it so significant? 
Yeah, this has been an exciting few days for sure. So in, uh, golly, it was March, the state legislature passed a Texas-style heartbeat law that has a civil enforcement mechanism allowing family members of an unlawfully aborted or murdered preborn baby to sue the abortionist that commits the crime for mm. about $20,000. The law also includes a criminal penalties section um, that would hold the abortionist criminally liable. Um, the civil enforcement mechanism was supposed to go into effect the middle of April, but because our attorney general cut a deal with Planned Parenthood uh, and Ooh. asked the court to delay implementation of the law, it never went into effect. Uh, the, the court issued what's called a stay that temporarily blocks um, implementation of the law while a legal challenge plays out. And so that's why it was so exciting uh, this past Friday when the state Supreme Court vacated that stay, they said that the Planned Parenthood legal challenge is unlikely to be successful in challenging the law on its merits. Um, And so therefore they got rid of the stay. They allowed the law to go into effect immediately. And I mean, it was like 4.45 PM uh, mountain time and immediately Planned Parenthood stopped performing abortions. And as far as I know, they have not performed any abortions since they've they've stopped performing abortions in the state. Um, And I I am pretty confident that over the next couple of weeks, we're not going to see any abortions in the state of Idaho. There's just too much liability for doctors even at four or five weeks of pregnancy to perform that abortion. It's yeah. just, you know, they can't risk it if I'm, they want to keep practicing. And then yeah. You added to the, the follow. There's a follow-up text on Friday. The court denied Planned Parenthood's petition to stay the criminal penalties as well. And you said they will still go into effect next Friday. So that's this Friday. Um, yeah. Even though the civil enforcement mechanism is operative right now. Yeah. So right now in the state of Idaho, it's illegal to murder a baby that has a beating heart. Um, and then this Friday, a doctor can be held criminally liable for murdering that baby. Um, so this is, it's an exciting time. I mean, obviously this isn't, you know, we're, we're, we're ultimately our final goal, right? right. We want to make sure every preborn child receives equal protection of the law, regardless of the circumstances of their conception or what stage right. of de- development they, they, they're in. But right. I mean, this is huge. It, right. it will end most abortions in the state of Idaho. It already has. What has been the response? from legislators i've always i've always it's been it's been my take that our legislators are are would like to in principle or for the votes however you want to look at it would say yeah i'd like to end abortion i would vote to end it but then once it actually ends i think they'd like take a deep breath and be like i guess we're doing this you know, it, yeah. you, you know right. what i'm saying there blaine right um yeah. what's, no, what's your take is, is or, are they, or has it been enthusiastic yeah, exactly It's been a mixed bag, but I mean, there's, you know, a large portion of the Idaho legislature that's pro-life and is excited that this law is in effect, is excited that these babies are being saved as we speak. Um, I am really disappointed in Governor Brad Little, who has still not issued a statement to the press about the law going into effect. I mean, abortions, again, have basically ended in a state. He could take his victory lap now. He could celebrate this, praise this. Instead, he's still saying that this law is unconstitutional and unwise. Um, which is just, you know, saddening coming from a, a Republican governor. So, um, but yeah, go ahead. Um, so I, um, when we were kicking this around, actually at grace agenda, um, before, right before we went on stage, as we were talking about this, I got your text and I read it out loud. We were having a speaker's dinner. So everybody there that was speaking and our wives were there and I read it. Um, one of the, the gals pulled up, um, a, a statement from, I thought it was from governor little, um, particularly talking about, um, the um, the Department of Justice's uh, Biden's Department of Justice's suit against is it is it our trigger law or is it against some other law and and he had some pretty strong words for the Department of Justice and we we all kind of looked at it at this 
gal who read it who said, wow, like, I mean, little sounded very, well, not so little. I mean, he saw, he's, yeah. I mean, he's, he sounded courageous. I'm, and like, try, I'm trying to find it right now. I he, saw that. I he saw that found, same tweet. Had, we were like, wow, he found his backbone. Um, so yeah. what, what, what's that all about? So we also have a trigger law in the state of Idaho, like 20 something other states yeah. um, that once Roe was overturned a certain number of days after Roe was overruled, um, we would have, I'm having an Obama moment with fly landing on my forehead um, <laughs> <laughs> at something days after Roe was overturned, depending on the state. Sometimes it was a week. Sometimes it was immediately. Sometimes yeah. it was 30 days. Um, a, a, a law would go into effect to ban most abortions in most cases with some exceptions. And that law is scheduled to go into effect on August 25th. Okay. Um, so not this Friday, but the coming Friday or the Friday after that, uh, the Department of Justice has filed a lawsuit challenging that law in federal court, not our heartbeat law. Our heartbeat law is safe at this point, but challenging the trigger law in federal court. And there there are a few reasons why they did that. Um, We have a very liberal federal district court judge um, in the state of Idaho, uh, Judge Lynn Windmill, um, who in the past has always sided with the abortionists whenever there's, you know, some gray area that that he can. His name's Windmill. Yeah. It's like Windmill. It's like Pilgrim's Progress. I've got a great sense of humor. (laughs) But even, you know, uh, the trigger law does conflict with the federal government's interpretation of their EMTALA statute, which is a statute dealing with Medicare and Medicaid. Um, now, the federal government is saying that because the trigger law does not have an exception for abortions in cases of medical emergency, it conflicts with this federal law. And the Constitution says the federal law is supreme over the state law. So therefore, the federal judge should enjoin permanently block the trigger law from going into effect. It's not an accurate reading of the federal statute. um, And it's not an accurate reading of the supremacy clause of the constitution, right? You Mm got to remember the supremacy clause of the constitution says only in those areas where the federal government is supreme, does the federal law supersede the state law. Mm -hmm. Even still, it's what the federal government is arguing. And based on the case law, they actually have a pretty strong case. So there's a decent chance that next week, um, the federal court will enjoin the trigger law will block the trigger law from going into effect for those reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, Brad Little supports the trigger law. Um, He did not support the heartbeat law because of the Texas style civil enforcement mechanism that allows family members to sue. Um, But, you know, it's that civil enforcement mechanism that will keep cities like Boise in check. So Boise recently passed a resolution to be a sanction city and the Boise police are not going to cooperate with prosecutors um, to uh, to enforce the state's abortion restrictions. And so therefore, wow, this fly is getting on me. <laughs> we can't therefore, see uh, the only way to hold abortionists accountable in the city of Boise right now will be that civil enforcement mechanism of the heartbeat law where families can sue the abortionists and secure at least some form of justice for their aborted pre-born relatives. Mm. So Blaine, we have just a short amount of time here left on the show. I want to go backstage and want to talk to you a little bit back there for the next um, 10, 15 minutes, if you have it. But before we go, what's the future look like the pro-life future look like here in Idaho with the current situation, with the, the, the federal situation and the heartbeat bill, what is moving forward look like? What do we expect to see in the next six months and what do we need to be doing? 
Yeah. So, you know, going forward in Idaho, I think the heartbeat law will be operative for sure. The civil enforcement mechanism will keep jurisdictions like Boise in check, even if they become sanctuary cities for abortion. Um, We got to be careful as a pro-life movement not to fall into this trap that a lot of national pro-life groups are falling into, that the answer to the public, you know, concerns about banning abortion is increasing the welfare state for moms and for families, Mm. right? This is a big problem. Um, We, we don't, we, these women, and these children and these families need support, but they need support from the church. They don't need dependency on government programs. Right. They don't give one wit about them and that create all sorts of social problems. Come on now. So we as a pro-life movement need to stand firm and say the church has an obligation to help, you know, hold these families accountable, provide for their needs, show them the love of Christ. Government does not have a role in that. Um, besides for that, we need to ensure consistency in our laws that the preborn child is recognized as a person, um, in every area of law, whether that's tax law, whether that's child support and family law, you know, the preborn child should be treated no differently than a born child in any area of law, because they are entitled to equal protection of the laws as well. Blaine Kanzadi, president of the Idaho family policy center, idahofamily.org. Go there if you're in Idaho or if you're not. And come out October 26th to the Fall Banquet with Seth Dillon from Babylon B. Where do they sign up? Where do they sign up? Uh, I don't know. Go to Idaho Family and find out. IdahoFamily.org. If you're single, get married. If you're married, have you some kids. If you have kids, go baptize them. Until tomorrow, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. This is Cross Politic. When tyrants take over, what's the first thing they do? Disarm. It happened in Russia, China, Germany, and most recently, Afghanistan. Why? Because disarmed people are easier to control. And over the last century and a half, American tyrants have been carrying out a slow, methodical disarmament that no one is talking about. State education. Tyrants know that education is warfare. Our rulers have a vested interest in making you totally harmless. They've got big plans and they don't want you getting in the way. Think about it. Would you rather fight an army decked out with high-powered rifles or a bunch of dinky water pistols? They know that if you can think critically, you're a threat. At New St. Andrews College, we want to graduate men and women who are dangerous. Dangerous to the world. Dangerous to the principalities and powers. Dangerous to spiritual wickedness in high places. Education can either arm you or disarm you. It can make you a threat or make you a useful idiot. (laughs) So where you get that education counts. Click the link to apply to New St. Andrews College today.